Welcome to Shaping the Future of STEM, presented by Abbott. As a global health technology company committed to providing opportunities for students in science, technology, engineering, and math, we offer opportunities around the world, including our award-winning high school and college internship programs. In this episode, you'll meet Ixchel Hernandez-Lebron, a four-time Abbott intern and chemical engineering major at the University of Puerto Rico, as she interviews Agnes Ortega, Divisional Vice President of Global Compliance and Quality Operations at Abbott. I'll hand it over to Ixchel. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Ixchel Hernandez, and I'm this episode's host and interviewer. I've completed four summer internships with Abbott. I just earned my bachelor's degree of science in chemical engineering at the University of Puerto Rico, and I'll soon be joining the Abbott Professional Development Program. I'm so happy to be here today with another University of Puerto Rico graduate, Agnes Ortega. Thank you so much for being with us, Agnes. Hi, it is my pleasure, Ixchel. Great for being here with you. Thank you. So Agnes, I know you have a vast background with experiences in different companies and in different roles. Can you share with us how you came upon Abbott? Absolutely. Actually, that's a great question because I love to speak about Abbott. Abbott is the perfect place for me. Just summarizing it is the perfect place for me. There is a direct match between the values that we displayed at Abbott and the values that I consider important in my life, particularly being so customer centric. The other aspect that I simply enjoy a lot from working at Abbott is the science. The best variety and diversity of the products that we make and how much good we do to people globally. And as I said, has a, it's been a dream come true since May 2014 when I joined Abbott. Nice. That's awesome. As you know, I just completed my degree in chemical engineering and it feels a little bit unreal. I remember so clearly the day I applied to the University of Puerto Rico and I remember feeling so nervous about it. I was a high school student and I needed to choose my interests as a teenager. I was actually very interested in the creative arts. I like to draw um, and I love to knit and I love to crochet. But believe it or not, that is the kind of kind of the reason I chose engineering. Engineering is, by its very nature, a creative profession. A couple years later, I can say I found myself multiple times in positions where I need to explore, invent, and create in order to solve a problem, which are exactly the steps I take every time I draw or I knit or I crochet. So you also have a degree in science. So Agnes, can you tell us when did your interest in STEM fields begin? Well, like you, Ixchel, if I go back in memory, since I was a little kid, I was always interested in science. But the truth is that I also love arts. So I agree with you. I think there is yeah. a little bit of being a Renaissance person in us when when we're interested in science. And I, I have to think that is because we like to stay curious. Curiosity mm -hmm. is an innate uh, characteristic of individuals that love to get into science. And I, when I was little, now, Ixchel, I'm going to disclose here my age, so bear with me, okay? 
I used to read the encyclopedia. Okay. <laughs> that was my hobby. That was one of my hobbies. I, w- I wanted to learn about something and I just looked through the encyclopedia on that particular topic. Uh, well, today I Google things, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit advantageous. <laughs> and also, I remember, Excel, my gifts when I was growing up um, were very different. When I was eight years old, I asked my aunt to give me a microscope. I asked Santa, right, at my aunt's house to give me a microscope as a gift. I was only eight. But I also remember asking my mother to give me El Quixote, like the, uh, the, as a gift, you know, yeah. which I read when I was 10 years old. Now, I'm oh not a God. genius by any stretch of imagination. I, remember I was just surrounded by books. Yeah. Uh, my aunt, the, the lady that, uh, that I referred to that gave me that uh, microscope as a gift, she owned a clinical lab in, in one of our small towns in Puerto Rico. When I visited her at that lab, for me, literally was like getting into Disney World. I enjoy it even more than that. You know, I of course I couldn't understand anything that was going on, but the even the smell of the of the reagents and everything mm-hmm. was so important to me, so appealing to me. So that's how I came about it. I knew when I started, when I went to to college, I knew that I was gonna get into any kind of field associated with science. Thank you. That's amazing. Now, and I know that after graduating, you started your career in Puerto Rico. But I also know that your current role is based in Abbott headquarters, which is in Illinois. So can you please tell us a little bit about your transition from Puerto Rico to the mainland United States? Oh, well, Ixchel, it was really <laughs> hard. Okay. Yeah. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, right? Mm-hmm. My entire life. Uh, when I moved, I already had north of 20 years or so uh, in the industry. So I was an adult, mm-hmm. a very mature adult when I moved from the, our tropical island into Massachusetts. Okay, <laughs> so for starters, it was a thermal shock. For sure. <laughs> and that was that was 15 years ago. So it was indeed a thermal chuck, but also culturally very, very different. Mm-hmm. Look, the day I discovered that hugging people wasn't the universal way of saying good morning <laughs> was another chuck. <laughs> As a fellow Puerto Rican, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. And probably for people listening to us from different cultures. And, yeah. and, and please don't take me wrong. I greatly appreciate it. I, I enjoyed the diversity. And, and, but it was important for me to pause and learn about that difference so that I could come across, right? I came, I joined uh, AstraZeneca at that time back in uh, 15 years ago as a senior director role. So I needed to come, be able to come through, be able to connect the right way with with members of my team. 
And mm -hmm. if hogging was going to be a, a problem, of course, I needed to adapt. So it, it, it was different, but it was something that made me grow tremendously that allowed me to value and appreciate uh, the circumstances. They were extremely patient with me. So um, the other thing, Ixchel, that was very different, um, you know, working for pharma industry and medical in medical healthcare industry for, as I said, 20 years in Puerto Rico, business was conducted in English. So I didn't have any problems to write a very formal memo mm -hmm. or a technical report, or even to communicate in a presentation in a very uh, effective way. But when I started to speak from the heart, I stumbled with words because my, my native language, yeah. and when I speak from the heart, it comes across in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So that was another area that I had to adapt, that I had to learn. And look, I am very grateful about the, the, the people that were around me because the patient that they displayed made a whole difference. So that's why I think we owe that to others, right? Thank you. Thank you so much. And I feel I feel somehow connected with you in that sense, you know, as soon to be also a full time, a full timer at Abbott. Um, now I'll, I'll be moving to mainland United States, too. So I definitely feel connected, you know, as a born and raised Puerto Rican, just like you, one of the most important things for me is my culture. And that includes my Spanish course and you know moving away from one's community can be really scary a little bit scary maybe <laughs> so do you have any advice for me and for those who find themselves or soon will be in that same path i do excel and as i said i owe that as part of my journey to to our colleagues and and people around us Look, the first thing to acknowledge is it is a very personal journey. Everyone is very individual. It's going to be very specific. Some people are going to have some challenges and others are going to have different challenges. But I will gladly and humbly share what I think was the key for my success. And it wasn't easy at the beginning, but the key for my success was to truly, genuinely embrace my uniqueness. Accept that it is okay to be different. Don't be afraid to talk with an accent. I do have an accent. You don't have an accent, Excel. I don't know. Where did you learn your English? <laughs> I do have an accent. And if you would were to speak with my children, they didn't, right? Because it's generational. Mm -hmm. um, but I embraced it. I, I, and once I reconciled that in my mind and in my heart, it freed me to be myself. It allowed me to truly contribute because uh, I did brought a wealth of knowledge, technically speaking. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't permit these differences to be a blocker, an inhibitor for me to to, to bring the best of me every day, to put myself out there, to learn 
so again, my advice to everybody, no matter your differences, no matter your, even if you're from, you look, look, the United States has a vast differences between territories. We're different from the South, the North, the yeah. West, East, right? Embrace that difference, that uniqueness. Actually see the beauty of that diversity because that's the way we work at Abbott. That's who we are at Abbott. That is a true reflection of who we are globally. We have, I have members of my team, Ixchel, that are based in India, which I appreciate tremendously in Latin America, in, all, in many parts of Europe, you know? So we are a composition of very different uh, people from different cultures, from different geographies, from different backgrounds, from different mindsets and mm -hmm. technical knowledge. So once you embrace that, it's 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 really the the in my opinion, my humble opinion, the key success. Yeah, thank you. I'll definitely take that advice with me for I think the rest of my career. <laughs> thank you so much, Agnes. So Agnes um, I know that you have a background in science and many other professional experiences. Like you mentioned that you worked in AstraZeneca and now you've been working as divisional vice presidents of global compliance and quality operations for Abbott. Um, can you tell us about a professional qualification you've obtained and how it has helped you personally? Well, what immediately comes to mind is that 26 years ago, okay, <laughs> I attended a two-week-long root cause analysis seminar, okay. and I was still living in Puerto Rico. Yes, I was still living in Puerto Rico. It was held in Princeton, New Jersey. Okay. My oldest son was only a year old. Oh, wow. And... Well, you can imagine, and for those that are listening to our conversation today, especially those young mothers can relate to how hard it is to leave your little kid, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, as a new mom, it was very nerve wracking to leave my son for two weeks, consecutive two weeks, um, and, and go to this seminar. I mean, those two weeks were a great investment. They were a sacrifice. They came in a time in my life, my personal life, that was difficult, but they had paid back tremendously. I used those tools that I acquired today. So my advice is find these type of things that, you know, that will equip you, this type of training, this type of seminars, this, this type of you know, today we have access to virtual trainings. We mm -hmm. may not even have to leave our homes to get this, but remain open to these type of tools that are out there that perhaps are useful for the rest of your career and even your life. I apply a lot of that thinking in my personal life as well. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me a lot about, you know, even in, on my internships, I think those are concepts that I had to apply or concepts that, you know, uh, would have helped me get 
uh, to complete my summer internship projects or help me complete my summer internship projects. So definitely. Thank you. That's awesome. Could you please share with us the name of a woman who has inspired you the most and why? Ah, uh, I love this question. I do. <laughs> Her name is Norma Borges. Okay. <laughs> She's one of the first Puerto Rican women to complete a bachelor's degree at the University of Puerto Rico, like wow. you and I, in Rio Piedras, back in the 1940s. She was first generation of college graduate in her graduates in her family. She raised two daughters by herself as a single mother. Wow. And although she wasn't wealthy, she provided them with the best education that she could have provided under her means sending them to one of the best private schools in Puerto Rico at wow. that time. One is in the science field, one of those daughters. The other is a journalist. They're both very successful. Her grandchildren are all professionals who graduated from the best schools in mainland USA, some of which are Ivy Leagues. And I know she lives very proud of her grandchildren. She was a true class act lady, or she is a true class act lady. Very elegant, very sophisticated. Unfortunately, at age of 83, she's suffering from senile dementia and is not the same person that used to be in the 40s when she went to school. Of course. This woman is my mother. That's amazing. Her name is Norma? Norma Borges. Norma I'm Borges. extremely proud of her. And she is the true role model for me, for my sister, and for all the generations that succeeded. Thank you. Thank you, Agnes, for sharing that. As a woman in engineering and a soon-to-be full-time employee at Abbott, this next question is really important for me. What's a leadership lesson that you've learned that's unique to being a female leader? Don't let anything erode your confidence. I learned that. And I learned it probably the hard way because I did experience moments where I lack confidence in myself. Look, we all face uh, moments of doubting and they, it could be, especially if you're putting yourself in a stretch situation where you're embarking into a new role, mm -hmm. you're doing something that is in, an, in a new job, or something that is completely new technology for you, that is normal. It's okay to recognize that this is new territory. But what we cannot do, especially female, is let anything or anyone question our capability to the point where we will then consider that we don't have the skills or the experience to do what we need to do. 
And the thing that really helped me personally was to remember my journey. When I felt that my confidence was being lost, that I was thinking, oh, I cannot do this, I go back. I went back and I remembered all the things that I was able to accomplish, all the things, all the new things that I was able to learn. How I, by asking questions, by becoming studious, as I said, was able to embark in completely new roles. Um, and that gave me the reassurance that, yes, I can do this again. When I look at back, my confidence was regained. And uh, I also like to use allies. It's very important to have people around you that help you speak truth to you. They may be areas in which you're not really mastering it. And it's important to have the right allies that will, that will serve as that sounding board, as that individual that you can trust. Find a mentor, find a sponsor, get together frequently with these individuals that really care for your growth, but do not anything erode your confidence. So thank you so much, Agnes. Um, I agree with that 100%. And I think that's one of the reasons Abbott is so special to me. It's because I've been able to find those allies, all, all those mentors. For all of these four summers that I've been with Abbott, I've had people that support me and that believe in me and that remind me that I am capable um, and remind me that I can be a future female leader in Abbott too. So thank you and thank you so much, Agnes, for being here today. I am so happy I got to know a little bit more about you and your career at Abbott. Before we go though, um, I have one final question for you. It's a question that we always make at the end of our episodes here at Shaping the Future of STEM. So would you rather build snow forts or snow or sandcastles? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, what do you think is going to be my answer coming <laughs> from a tropical island? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, being at the beach is my happy place. So I absolutely will prefer to build sandcastles. Having For said sure. that, though, sometimes I'm forced to build snow forts because I live in Chicago. I live for many years in Massachusetts. So snow is around us. So uh, I love the four seasons, but absolutely the beach is my happy place. Definitely. Definitely. I relate to that too. And I've only since seen snow like twice in my life. So I don't have a lot of experience with snow. So I think I would also choose to build sandcastles. That way it can show off my sandcastle building skills. Yeah, and I would like to invite you maybe next winter. You can come and visit <laughs> with me here in Chicago and have uh, some experience with that snow. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Agnes. Yes, and thank you, Ixchel, for the privilege of this opportunity to getting to know you better and uh, this conversation. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed Ixchel and Agnes's conversation today. 
For more on our STEM sisters, go to www.stem.abbott and look out for our next episode wherever you get your podcasts.